Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, Chairman of Heartbeat International, that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today, I'm really excited about our program. We're going to focus on a subject that I bet you would like to know more about and to have a personal perspective on from our guest, whom I'll introduce in just a minute. Uh, We're focusing on being divorced and Catholic. What does that mean? And and how how should we be looking at this situation uh, for individuals in our church today? And um, if, if this is a subject you'd like more information on, and I bet you would, because there are a lot of myths out there about what it really means uh, when, when we say divorced and Catholic, uh, or even divorced and Christian. What, what does that mean? And uh, are you alone? That's really the subject of our program. And the fact is, you're not alone. And to speak to us about that today, we have our guest is Keith Lusher. Welcome, Keith. Good morning. Good to be here. <laughs> it's good to have you here. And uh, Keith is the co-founder of a group in the Diocese of Columbus called Non Solum, which means in Latin, not alone. And he is a parishioner at St. Catherine of Siena in Bexley. And um, the, the website of this organization, which we will be also talking about a little bit more, is divorcedcatholiccolumbus.org. And uh, Keith, this is a subject that I'm sure many, many people, their ears are perking up because there are many, many divorced people in our community, in our in our churches. And let me ask you to share a little about your story. What actually prompted you to actually found an organization, which I understand is quite unique. It's, it doesn't exist uh, in most other dioceses uh, in this country, but I can imagine just so greatly needed. Tell us a little bit about how that even came about. Well, um, thanks for asking. And, <laughs> and uh, it you know, the it started not to go too much into my own story, um, but I came. I came. I, I was raised Catholic, um, and I fell away. I got married in my early twenties, and uh, I met somebody in, in college, and she was a she was not Catholic, uh, and a, more of a lukewarm Christian. And and I don't mean that in a, any derogatory fashion. It's just I'm just stating a fact. And she expressed no interest in uh, becoming Catholic or converting. And, of course, when a Catholic is marrying a non-Catholic, there are certain protocols and expectations. And, you know, you you pledge to raise the children Catholic and and regardless of the other spouse's faith and and everything else. And uh, she wasn't really going to have any of that. And because of where I was emotionally and mature-wise, so to speak, I uh, I more or less let that let her dictate it, and let her dictate where we went to church, and so I fell away from the church, and we had four beautiful children, um, and but ultimately uh, uh, the marriage was not on the strongest foundation, and one thing led to another, and and after twenty years, uh, shortly before what would have been our twenty year anniversary, our divorce was finalized. 
Uh, and it was, and so I was in the Methodist church, uh, grateful for that community and, um, and for the role that they played. Our children were baptized in, in that church. Uh, but ultimately when I became separated, I really did feel, I mean, the sense of isolation, uh, was indescribable and actually the, one of the points that I, I often lead when I describe the essence of what this ministry is about is it's, it's, it's horrible to be divorced, but I think you guys will take this in the right spirit. When I say this, it's even worse to be divorced and Catholic. And mm. the reason I say that is not, uh, any, any slam against the church. It's just the reality that this is because church, the, the church adheres to God's plan for marriage and God is calling us to a, to a very, it's a very high calling. It's a commitment. It's a covenant, mm. you know, and when that covenant uh, is not valid or when a valid marriage fails and our hearts are broken, um, you know, the, the church teaches Christ said there is no divorce, you know, and, and, uh, and the church is the messenger. And the church holds marriage uh, the way God intends to hold marriage as as representative of of God's covenant with us, and so that that obviously that creates greater challenges mm-hmm. for for members of the flock who find themselves in the situation. And even though you were not a Catholic at the time, you had internalized <clears throat> that teaching. It sounds like you you, you know knew what? deep down <laughs> that marriage was for life. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, and 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 somehow inwardly, even as I was at the Methodist Church, somehow inwardly, I always I was coming back. <laughs> um, I don't. I didn't know how it would happen because uh, I often found myself defending the church mm-hmm. at times. I also, uh, I mean, I went through 12 years of Catholic school. Uh, I really appreciated the upbringing and the education I had, the the historical perspective. I'm a history buff, so I love <laughs> church history. And I found myself, when I was in these Bible studies, uh, you know, outside it, in these other communities, I, I appreciated the knowledge that I was able to bring to the table. Hmm. Uh, now, whether they knew that was a Catholic perspective, because it just, it was... Um, was beside the point. Mm-hmm. So, but it sounds like God used this tragedy of the divorce to bring you back to the church. I, I think so. Um, it, and be, it really, I, I think there were two elements to it. First of all, was the idea of not being alone. And uh, I have, I can say that uh, it was a friend. I was, I was. Um, I was visiting with a friend who himself was a convert many years before, and we were just talking, and he knew I wasn't going to to Mass or going to church anywhere at the time. I was separated. Uh, I was acting out. I was angry. I felt, in many respects, entitled to behave badly Hmm. because I was trying to fill that void in my heart. Of course, we know that it doesn't work. And he just suggested go to Mass. This was a Saturday afternoon, so I went down to St. Joseph's Cathedral, made it to the vigil mass that evening, did not present myself for the Eucharist, because uh, I, I got, I knew that. You knew that. And, and I knew that was, but I flagged the, the celebrant, it was Father Gribble at the time, uh, who was uh, who was down there, and, and I flagged him down after mass, and, and, and in the, I just said, hey, Father, could you hear my confession? 
and uh, we just over the corner of the sacristy, he's like, fire away, you know. Mm, wonderful. And so I get he heard my come home twenty five year confession, and uh, I still remember when he he gave me absolution, he he physically put his hand on my head, and I broke up. Yeah, I broke down. and cried because I was home, <laughs> and you know that's that's the whole essence of even the Catholics come home campaign sure. an effort that we see out there to to try to re-evangelize to those who have left and it begs the question why do people leave mm-hmm. um and I, I i don't i don't know what the latest numbers are but the fact is because uh divorce um the impact that divorce has on the life of a catholic a, a, a catholic who is really genuinely trying to live out their faith Mm-hmm. I, I need to discern that. Um, it's it, it's devastating, and so it begs the question: What can we do as fellow Catholics to be sensitive to that? Because th- we're at a, if if we haven't been through it, we're at a disadvantage. I was at a disadvantage. I remember knowing some people before I went through it myself. I remember you know knowing some people at the time at like where I was working and everything else who were going through a divorce, and I kind of thought, well, it's, you know, they'll bounce back and they'll get through it. I had no idea. Hmm. I had no, and it's not something you would wish on your worst enemy. Um, but it begs the question: What can we do to to uh, to to keep those those folks in the flock? Because I think this is one of the biggest issues that we uh, that we lose sure. people over. I mean, I think and it, it it brings me to the the mission. I love what you what you say. The mission is of Non Solum. How do you describe that, Keith? Um, well, I'm going to go ahead and read it because okay. <laughs> it, it, it's a little wordy, but I tried to be as, um, I don't want to use the word inclusive because that's such a political it can buzzword be misinterpreted. these days. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 I considered it an apostolate. Uh, um, it's an, I, at first it was actually my deacon who said, well, what you're, what you're really doing here is you, you're creating an apostolate. It's not a nonprofit organization, a 501c3 or anything. We're following the apostles here. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I call it a pastoral community of Catholic men and women, lay leaders and clergy dedicated to providing pastoral support, love, and practical guidance for fellow Catholics who are experiencing or have experienced the trauma of marital separation or divorce. Whew. Wow. A little wordy. I know. <laughs> Um, the way you described it to me, you said we're a ministry for the lost sheep, yeah. finding the lost sheep, bringing the lost sheep home, mm-hmm. letting them know that there's a, there is a flock, right? That's what you've been saying. There's a flock that loves them when and cares about them. When you're feeling alone, there's a flock that loves and cares about you. And, yes. and, and unfortunately, because the Catholic Church is made up of imperfect human beings, uh, you know, I think we can all agree that historically we haven't always ministered to the to folks, and and it and I certainly will will say it's not out of ill intent or malice or even judgmentalism or whatever. Although there may be that dynamic among those of us, we've all been guilty of those mm-hmm. sins. Um, I think it's more just out of ignorance, of just a lack of perspective. I I have to. I had a. I remember growing up. Uh, I had a cousin. Uh, you know, who uh, she was a step ahead of me in 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 age, like ten years, and I remember when she got married and and everything else, and and but many years later, 
we realized that she and her husband had been separated and then divorced, hmm. but she never told the family. Hmm. Her her immediate siblings knew, mm-hmm. but the rest of us, she was ashamed. Right. She was afraid she would be, you know, not kicked out of the family, but treated differently. Sure. And, and, and that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And I know it breaks Jesus's heart. And I know that it, when, when the rest of us found about it, it found out about that fear that she had, it broke their hearts too sure. because they loved her. But unfortunately it was, you know, it's, it, what do you say? Sure. And it's the, the, that secret shame that that deep and 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 I think that now part of that was due to the times. This mm-hmm. was in the seventies, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and you know the culture, um, the the negative stigma about divorce. There's a good there's 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 a certain there's we don't want to celebrate divorce. We don't want to encourage divorce. And of course that's a question that sometimes gets raised is our ministry encouraging divorce. And I'm happy to address that. But the, the point is we need to um, realize that uh, uh, it happens uh, it, it, in our culture. It's 50%. It's been like that. The, the rate among Catholics is a little bit lower but not as lower, much lower as you'd like to see it. Mm-hmm. And because of that reality, uh, you know, if it's 40 some odd percent or whatever, you're going to look out into the congregation and, and well, actually I, I wouldn't say that because a lot of the folks who are in that category of Catholic and then divorced may not even be sitting. They in the won't pews be anymore, there. Right. You know? And I'm thinking Keith, as you're talking about the mission and how your friend God must have been inspiring him when he said to you, go to Mass. And then once you were there, I mean, how the Holy Spirit just came over you to know that you needed to make your confession and come back to the church. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Well, let me reintroduce our guest. Uh, Our guest is Keith Lusher from St. Catherine Parish uh, in Bexley, and he's the co-founder of Non Solum Columbus, Not Alone, which is an apostolate of people who are surrounding uh, other people who are uh, alone, yes, technically because of divorce, but but they they want to bring them back to the fold, bring them back to uh, the bring the lost sheep back to the fold, and surround them with love and help and support, which is what they are doing. Their website is divorcedcatholiccolumbus.org. We've heard a beautiful Keith. Thank you for that beautiful personal story that you have been so uh, open to share with everyone. Um, in, in the second part of our program, I'd like for you, because there are so many what you call myths about being Catholic and divorced, uh, not only is this feeling of loneliness and shame something that is keeping people away from the church, um, they also misunderstand the church teaching on divorce. And, and so you, on your website, have this very helpful document, 13 Myths About Marriage, Divorce, and Annulments in the Catholic Church. I doubt if we can go over all of them. But what are the most important of these myths that are keeping people from co- either coming home to the Catholic Church mm-hmm. or even understanding that they can become Catholic after, an, after a divorce? Well, the uh, the common, the most common one that I've heard expressed, and it still shocks me, uh, is, well, I'm I'm divorced now, or I'm going to be divorced now, so I can't receive communion, and and a a uh, uh, a, a 
a relative of that myth is I'm excommunicated. With, you know, it, either way, I'm out. Mm-hmm. All right. So you're divorced. There's the door. And I don't know where the heck people get this perspective. Maybe it's, um, but that's that. That is the most common, and and it's not even among those who are experiencing it. It's among a lot of Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and for instance, I remember uh, in, as I was when we initially talked on the phone, and I shared a story. Of, actually, I think it was in a previous. I even re- shared it in a previous piece that we ran in the Catholic Times. Uh, you know, a guy called me, found us, uh, found us online. We're uh, on meetup.com, which is also a, a, a means by which people can find our ministry. And um, he got my contact information and gave me a call. And they said, I know it. He goes, I know I can't go to community anymore because I'm getting divorced. And I just like, you know, time out, stop right there. That's not true at all. And um, it, it's, it's a, uh, it, that's not true at all. That the, the, I think we're that. Uh, misunderstanding comes from is the teaching on uh, Catholics who become divorced uh, and then they go and they get married again outside of the church without a prior annulment. Okay. That's what the thing with Pope Francis, you know, when he issued that uh, encyclical or whatever it was, I I forget the term is, but it was a couple of years ago. I, I just know because my phone was ringing off the hook from the local media stations uh, wanting some perspective uh, on Pope Francis issuing this this new instruction, which still is regarded by many as too vague. Uh, I think I have a clear understand, a fairly clear understanding of what Pope Francis is trying to do. He's trying to emphasize mercy over, you know, because the experience, and this gets back to the idea of being of leaving the church. There, are exp- too many people, the experience in the past had been all rules, no mercy. Okay, but anyway. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to emphasize mercy first because mm-hmm. that's what you know that's 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 been sort of the slide and maybe even a little bit of the demonic involvement in the in his throughout the history of the church which first led to perhaps uh, the Sacred Heart devotion okay with a Jansenist I think it was or but this idea that you know your sins are too great beyond forgiveness and you know priests you know refusing to to grant absolution this was hundreds of years ago of course right. but it's what led to the sacred heart devotion so okay. as you're saying these sometimes these heresies or these misunderstandings exactly can lead these to are heresies yeah you're right yes, these are heresies and so and, we need to really focus on the truth that mm-hmm. that catholics who are divorced uh, are are not excommunicated. They're That's not excluded exactly. from the Eucharist. And getting me, yeah, back to the point that I was starting because I got off on a tangent there. <laughs> it's easy <laughs> oh, to get a off birdie, on me. <laughs> you know, um, the the yeah. The, so I had explained to this guy uh, that no, that's not the case. It's the again, as I explained, and as hopefully most folks understand, it's when someone gets married outside. They get they get married in the church. They get divorced, and then they get married again outside the church without prior annulment. That's where there's an issue, right. okay. Uh, but if you're if if you're separated or divorced, uh, but and you're, not remarried, and not remarried, and not and 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 living outside the church, that and, is, and yeah, and living uh, within the teachings of the church to the best of your ability and everything else. I mean, it's it's you're either living with the teaching of the church or you're not. Mm-hmm. Now, however, however, um, you know, so if you're not living within the pre- precepts of the church. Uh, then 
you shouldn't be presenting yourself for a communion, regardless of however that whether you're married or divorced yeah, or not, whether yes, it's rela- right, right, marriage right. related or not. Mm-hmm. It's it's it. So so that's the issue, right? So if a person is, uh, people may be listening who are Catholic or have been Catholic in the past, or were raised Catholic or baptized Catholic, and. Uh, they mm-hmm. have been divorced mm-hmm. and they are remarried at this point and they're yeah. wondering, well, what about me? What about this? They should really go to see a priest. Is that correct? I think and and I think the uh, and this is where, you know, the radio, the local TV stations, they were asking what the perspective was. And and of course, the diocese, the bishop's office wasn't prepared because they hadn't had a chance to digest it. What are these things? 10,000 pages <laughs> after the <this> encyclical. <laughs> came yeah, out. yeah, yes. yeah. If so it, so it, it created a, a big question in people's minds. And, and I think the uh, the idea is to emphasize mercy mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 a, and and a person could go to uh, a parish priest and explain their situation and have that priest be able to help them understand. All right, uh, are you in a situation where perhaps you might look at seeking an annulment? You mentioned annulment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that is a process in the church. How do you explain that to people who who come into the ministry and say, well? Um, I'm I'm thinking of getting married again, or I am married again, and now what? Uh, if, if if I can't and, receive communion, how do I get back in the graces of and, the church? And that's where that's where the pastoral guidance needs to come right. into play. And 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 we're not. I I don't think the, the I don't think the the Pope is he, is talking about changing was break breaking rules or quote unquote bending rules, so to speak. Uh, a lot of it. Let me give another example that I've heard from a deacon who, when he's doing marital counseling, mm-hmm. uh, not marital, premarital counseling. Preparation for and marriage. And it's uh-huh. amazing, even in the Catholic Church, at how many young couples, mostly young couples, I should think, come to the priest and the deacon. They want to get married. They want to, you know, and the the girls, the bride's all starry-eyed. She wants this grand church wedding and all that. Mm-hmm. And they're living together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, so there's two ways of approaching that that pastors will take. One is going to say, all right, you, this living together thing has got to stop tonight. You know, mm-hmm. you're moving out today. All right. I mean, maybe not that abruptly, but there's also a second way of doing this. And and now that's going to, in many cases, they're going to go off to find someone who's going to tell them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Or and they it, may not get married within the church. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, they're going to mm-hmm. go find someone who tells them what they want to hear and mm-hmm. not tell them the truth. Okay. The other the other approach is okay. So let's uh, let's understand what the church teaches and what Christ has taught us about about marriage, about in, uh, about uh, intimacy and the role mm-hmm. that intimacy plays, mm-hmm. and 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 everything else, and, and really the, help them understand. And as they why understand, it's not a good and, idea. And if, they, if they and now here's the thing: if they are if they're really interested in getting the, married in the church for the 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 majesty of the church. But they're not converted in their hearts. They're, unfortunately, they're probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if there is a, if, or, but if there is a, a true, just enough of a of a of a desire to 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 really make this a three way relation covenant, then they will be inclined to realize, uh, you know what, we need to make a change as we're preparing. Right. We need to change our habits. We need to change our the way we approach this and go and doing this and go in and do this the right way. In sales, we call that 
making it their own idea. Right. So, you know? so again, a pastoral approach of, of welcoming people in and then helping them understand and internalize And, and, and the it truth. also involves a conversion. Sure. I mean, conversion. I remember uh, uh, Father uh, Lump, who was our pastor when I came back to the church at St. Catherine's. You know, he, he talked about often about this daily conversion. Mm-hmm. We have to have a daily conversion. Right. It's not a one and done deal. Okay. Well, Keith, we've mentioned um, your your handout on the 13 myths about yeah. marriage, divorce, and annulments. And I think it's it's an excellent guide. We talked about annulment, we, and we don't have a whole lot of time left to get into it in detail. But I, the church does have a beautiful process to well, help determine, yeah. was the marriage valid in the beginning? Because in many, many cases... Uh, a person's marriage mm-hmm. was not a valid marriage in the eyes of the church. And 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 if they can go through an annulment process, uh, they could become free to, to marry again that, in the church. That's correct. And, and one of the myths out there is an annulment is just a Catholic divorce. Well, it ain't. Mm-hmm. All right? A divorce <laughs> looks at how the marriage ended. An annulment looks at how the attempt and how the the covenant or the attempted covenant began. Where were you at the beginning? Not at where. And, and so, were you able and was everything yeah. was everything there that was necessary to mm-hmm. make a valid lifetime vow? Yeah. Yeah. And and so so it's not a Catholic, quote unquote Catholic divorce. Uh, and the other thing is that it, it doesn't take as long as, as some people might think it does. Uh, I I pursued an annulment shortly after my divorce was finalized because my pastor uh, uh, encouraged it for closure, for healing. Uh, and the last thing the folks at the tribunal, I I shouldn't sp- pretend like I speak for them, but I would think that the last thing they want to see is an application for an annulment because they're hoping to get married again. And they got the, the date set and they want to you know expedite this process. And how, can I pay extra and have it? At, of course, it doesn't cost anything either. So I shouldn't say that. But yeah, there's a there's. A, so the tribunal is the, the court, the court so that, speak, that, the court that makes that a judgment, looks at the facts and everything else on whether the marriage was valid. Yeah. Right. And, and, and of course, yes, you're right. They're not. It, it is a, a good idea for couples, uh, people who have mm-hmm. been divorced to uh, and again it's a pastoral approach like you said for the priest to say let's look at that marriage and and determine if it was valid and i do know people keith as well who mm-hmm. have said like you did that it's a really healing process it to is go through. it is very healing i encourage uh folks who who to do it um because you're either married or you're not right well, Keith, there's so much more we could discuss and so much more wonderful information on your website, divorcedcatholiccolumbus.org. Our guest today, thank you so much for being with us, as Keith Lusher, the co-founder of Non Solum Columbus. And you have been listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Peggy Hartshorn, your host for The Family Sanctuary. Our program is broadcast at 4 o'clock every Saturday and 2 o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.